This is Keyshawn Rains, the host of Working Title with Keyshawn Rains, where amazing things happen. A series of past the collection plate style conversations with a Creole, queer, femme, yogi, mom, coach, author, and of course, podcast host with a nomadic soul, a quirky sense of humor, and an activator of empowerment. These conversations are just a chance for me to speak on ways to be mindful in a mindless world. Stories are shared, folks are empowered, inspired, and impacted to be more phenomenal versions of themselves through simple conversations about complex like love, life, and the pursuit of being real. Thanks for listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Working Title. Today's episode features someone who actually connected with me through Instagram. This is just a testament to the power of social media when it's used for good and not for evil. She was super inspired by a previous episode of this podcast, so much so that she actually wrote a poem about it, posted it on her Instagram, tagged me, and that is how we connected. So that had never happened before, and I am the kind of person who loves to connect with interesting people. So I reached out to her, and she gracefully decided to be a guest. So I'm going to share our conversation with you today with Nicole Hill. My invitation is for you to sit back, get comfortable, take a couple of long, deep cleansing breaths and get ready for another conversation. I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. I'm happy that it's Friday and, um, you know, each week is different as we all know, you know, some weeks are like, woo! from start to finish other weeks are like when is it going to be friday why is this week taking so long <laughs> so it um my week started off really great and because i got to spend the weekend before babysitting my six seven month old nephew and so that was fun to just oh. have that you know baby energy around and you know the whole vibe and then it was like back to work and so <laughs> it was kind of a it's kind of a challenging week You're like they're like, oh, I got to be serious again. Yes, exactly. It's <laughs> Back like, into the adult. Yeah, I have kid. to be a whole adult now. And it's so funny having an infant around. It really, it's so depending on like, you know, how deep you want to go with it. But I feel like having an infant around really does give us an opportunity to like check ourselves on like how seriously we're taking life because they're so explorative. They're so imaginative and they're also just so free, like he's learning how to crawl and like pull himself up and if he falls over if we don't like react like oh he's like okay and then just gets back up again you know i'm like i need to do that more <laughs> so things you can learn like, from a seven month old <laughs> he's like i'm good why are you guys freaking exactly out? <laughs> he's like now i feel like maybe i should freak out because you're freaking out but otherwise i would be fine you know so anywho Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to to have you here today. And, you know, I just want to say thank you again for saying yes to being a part of this project. This conversation is going to feel very casual, very informative, and also very chill. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and there's a handful of them that I really enjoy because the person who's hosting or interviewing really allows their guests to kind of take up a lot of space and that's my encouragement for you as well so we'll move through some questions that might sound familiar and then I might have some some new questions for you too and so I just encourage you to take up as much or as little space as you'd like this is a a free speech podcast so you know say what you got to say <laughs> you know and <laughs> and leave it at that and that's okay so I'm gonna give you the mic here and just take a moment to introduce yourself to the listeners by telling us your name where you're from and what you stand for uh thank you for having me and reaching out i was really surprised that i was like wait oh my gosh you responded <laughs> um so hello listeners um my name is nikki hill um i'm based out of california um I, I've been thinking about that question. What is it that I stand for? And I always come back to connection and how 
be it connection with people, the environment, experiences, you know, even memories, you know, just there's a connection there. And it's like, sometimes it's can be, you know, pretty superficial, but sometimes it can be super, super just in depth. And it just hits you in like such a way that it leaves an impact. You're like, Oh, wow, that was that. Okay. That was, that was important. That connection was needed that brought in whatever needed to bring in, you know, good, bad or whatever, you know, so just going, just being aware of, I think for myself, the different connections that I have and through the experiences and the lessons that they bring and stuff. So Hmm. that's a good point. I mean, I think I would say, especially now at not even just because of what we experienced globally last year or still experiencing this year where, you know, the, the concept of connection seems somewhat fleeting because we got used to connecting in one specific way in person gatherings, you know, outings, et cetera. And we had to learn how to connect in a different way with virtual connections and things like that. I think that as human beings, we thrive off of connection. We thrive off of community. And sometimes those connections can lead to romantic relationships, business opportunities, you know, friendships, chosen family, et cetera. I find that in just in the last year or so that I really got in touch with the connection to self in a way that, Mm -hmm. you know, hadn't really done before. So how about you? What was, what was, how's it been for the last year or so as far as what your connection to yourself has been looking like? I will say 2020 was, and even into now, was definitely the year of growth, whether we wanted to have it or not, (laughs) it happened. Um, But I was thinking of the, you know, the connection to self, like I've, I've been aware of this for a while now, I can't put a link time on it, but um, that the most important relationship that we have is with ourselves. You know, we are with each other from conception to the day that we transition into, you know, um, not being here in the physical form. And I will say for myself, it was 2020 was good in a different way for me where it allowed me to slow down. And to step back from the going to work and the being that constant, like, go, go, go and being like, oh, you you need to step back and like rest and really just kind of just be a little bit more. And it's not that I didn't have those pockets of time, like, you know, 2019 and prior and stuff, but 2020 was definitely that whole reconnecting of self in such a way where it was just like not necessarily I'd say redefining myself Mm -hmm. as more being comfortable to step into myself if that makes sense that makes sense you know so in that sense that that sense of I've always known what my purpose was or happens to be, but being comfortable and confident enough to step into that role and to show up in that role um, is definitely what I came out of 2020 with, Mm. you know, whereas before it was like, I know I can do this thing. I know Mm -hmm. I can do this thing, but not fully comfortable in that skin of that role and what that, means and so whereas now I'm like you know what I'm comfortable and confident in stepping into this role and what this means for me and what it means for others and sense of like just the collective community and stuff like that and how I connect and how I show up and really looking at am I coming from a place that is really truly genuine or is this or am I engaging in this thing because it's the trend to do, mm. you know, because uh, there there's there's a lot of that, <laughs> you know, um, where it's just like, oh, this is a trend. We should jump on this bandwagon. It's like, 
but that's if you're not really about the thing whatever it happens to be don't do it mm-hmm. just because you want the post or you want the follows or you, it's i think that ties into the insta gratification that our culture is very much has become more a part of i'll say in the last decade or so give mm-hmm. or take yeah. um and it's like well if you're gonna do it be genuine about it but also know you don't always have to post about it mm. that's a like, very interesting point because it, you know there was a phrase that you know was happening that i started hearing more frequently in the last what three to five years is you know if you didn't post about it it didn't happen you know if you didn't post mm-hmm, about it it I didn't exist or you know if you didn't post about it it's like you were never there and or like the whole relationship status it's like if your relationship status is it posted then you're not in a relationship yeah it's like it's like if it's not validated by the internet specifically by social media if it's not validated by social media then it didn't happen it didn't exist and you don't exist do you ever mm-hmm. feel that like i sometimes it, it it's interesting because when we think about this concept of connection when you know social media first when i was first introduced to social media truth be told i can take it back to the 90s when you know black planet you know existed back when i was in college and that was like a form of social media before all these apps and other platforms were created and then there was you know there was downlink like in the queer community that was another like social media connective you know platform and then over time we had myspace then facebook hit the scene and the the game just changed at that point mm-hmm. i think that because we desire community and because we desire connection sometimes people find themselves putting more of themselves out there than they normally would for the sake mm-hmm. of garnering that connection or getting that validation. Like I was talking to my partner the other day and I said, do you remember a time when people didn't take pictures of their food? <laughs> like, I don't ever remember. I don't ever remember in like high school or college being like, oh my God, click. And then like going to the photo lab, getting a picture of food developed and like giving it to all my friends. Like here, this is what I ate yesterday. It's like sometimes I sometimes my my brain does like imaginative things like what if we didn't have the technology we had today? Would we still connect or engage in the same way posting or sharing? Like if I had to physically print out these pictures and mail them to people, would I mail it to a thousand people to tell them that I had really great sourdough last night? (laughs) I will say when it comes to that, like and how I engage with the social media, um, I really think about what is my intent behind what it is that I'm doing. So, like, I have, like, I'm not always taking pictures of things and stuff like that, but sometimes I will see something like a sunset or a cloud formation or, like, yesterday I was driving at the drive-thru to Panera and there was out of nowhere here comes this lizard I was like where did you come from and I'm like I will take that as a message I'm like but I'm gonna get this picture of you too and I was like wait don't move and it moved into the light and it had these like really pretty like blues in the reflective of its like scales and stuff like that and I'm like ooh this is really cool, you know? And it's like, I haven't posted it, but it's one of those things of just like, I mean, like, I just want to share it with you just because I'm like, I just thought this was random and interesting and just cool, just this experience and stuff. And for individuals that are maybe a little bit more on the spiritual side of things, like they can like take that and like, you know, the message that they might glean for it or not, or it's just more of just like, You know, it's like, here's this moment that I happen to see. I captured it. I want to share with all of you because I think it's that amazing. But it's not the, hey, look at me. I'm pumping gas Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of of thing. I'm just going. Essentially, to me, I've always seen like social media is kind of like that weird way that we're allowed to stalk each other sort of legally. Mm. <laughs> you know, in That's a weird a sense, because, hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm there. But also at the same time, it does allow us to connect with each other on a much different way than we did before social media. 
Um, and it allows us to connect with people around like the entire world, mm-hmm. you know, through 2020, um, when everything happened, like my work closed down and stuff like that. So there were times where we were open, there were times where we were closed. And, but even still, I was on a lot of music live streams. So I connected with, you know, some people. So now I know a couple people in Singapore. I know someone else in um, Australia and somebody else in South Korea and stuff like that. But I've also been, you know, able to find out about all these other music DJs that unless you knew about the event Mm -hmm. that they probably DJed at, I would have never known about them, you know? So social media, I think it's a double-edged sword. It can be really, really useful and really, really great to bring us together Mm -hmm. despite the miles of distance and things like that to be able to go like, hey, I made this thing. Like I saw this recipe and I made it and I'm really proud of it and I want to share it. And then, but then like, that's like, like, I'm genuinely like, I'm really proud of this. I want to share this with all of you. Um, or it's like, Hey, you guys couldn't be here at this concert, but I did get a little bit of clip. So this is what you get, but I'm not recording the entire thing. Cause I want to be in the moment of the concert that I'm at. But since you guys can't be here with me and I know you guys like this band too, here you go. I rocked out, had a good time, you know, but then there's also the, you know, wanting this external validation with all these clicks and stuff like that, where I've heard on another podcast, I think where it was mentioned, um, your popularity is based on how many followers you have. Mm. And it's just like, but that is so fleeting. Mm -hmm. And it's so just kind of like, I mean, I think, I think it comes down to like, how much weight are you putting into that? You know, I think, and versus, you know, again, that connection to self, like, it'll all start with you. So if you are good and comfortable and confident with you, and you've got your, like, core group of people, and maybe like the next circle around that and stuff like that, like, you're good. So anything else where you're just like, okay, yeah, I've got x amount of thousands of followers or however many and it's like yay like i appreciate you guys because you like the thing that i post and i share and that's that's more of a oh that makes me feel good like you you've connected with me on some way because of my content Mm -hmm. you know but at the end of the day like if that went away are you still you and are you still comfortable with you or if that went away you lose you Mm. that's so real because and i and i think about you know, my generation, I'm a Gen Xer, and then I, you know, my partner's what technically would be a millennial, or she said the other day, a geriatric millennial, whatever the hell that is. And then <laughs> I'm like, okay. And then my son would be considered Gen Z. And I think that, you know, I, I have the opportunity to kind of interact with people from several different, my parents would be boomers and, and blah, blah, blah. I think yeah. about how all of us were introduced to this platform this concept this method of connection of social media all at the same time but it hit us at different ages for my son he's a native to technology he was born into Mm -hmm. the internet world you know my parents were like what's this now oh I need this I find that I need this to stay connected to my kids or stay connected to my you know friends or old classmates but this concept of who will I be without the followers? Am I still valuable, worthy? Do I still matter? Do I even exist without these you know, followers, without these likes, without these clicks and these shares and et cetera? And when you mentioned you know, being at a concert and you know, let me take a couple quick pictures or snap a video real fast versus I remember going to a show the last time I went to a show was a while ago, of course, but like looking around and seeing everybody just like holding up their phones, recording the whole show. And I'm thinking like, you're not getting like high quality video for one, two, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're on a live, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. are you, are you doing this so that you can like, again, what my son would call like a clout chaser. Like I look, I'm at the Beyonce concert. I got floor seats. Ooh, look at me, look at me. And let me see if my light count goes up or see if my followers increase And then I feel good about myself. You know, there was this documentary, I can't remember the name of it right now, but there's a documentary that's on Netflix. Um, 
oh God, it's called like the social experiment or social something, but it's basically talking about the physiological experiences that happen within the human body through the social media interactions that we've become so, so keen to. And so, and we've adopted fully into our lives and the dopamine, you know, doses that we receive when we see a like, or we see a follow or somebody leaves a cool comment, or we notice that our, you know, photo or our poem or our music has been reshared and we're like, yes, I'm accepted. I matter. Okay. I can get out of bed another day. How did we do it before? You know, like I, I was, I graduated from high school in the nineties and popularity at that time was based similarly as it is now in how we appear, what our hair looks like, what our clothes look like. You know, when we started driving cars, what kind of car did you drive? Like the decisions that were being made about what was popular, what was acceptable, what was likable, what was normal had a lot to do with how we presented ourselves to the world. And now social media just expanded that platform from our mm -hmm. classmates to our schoolmates to our neighborhood, maybe our city, if you were like an athlete or something. But now it's like you said, Singapore, South Korea, Australia, like now everybody gets to decide if I'm worthy if I'm popular, if I, if I matter, you know? So it's, um, like you said, it, it's very much a double-edged sword. And when I think about it for myself, you know, I, as a, you know, an entrepreneur, I'm like, I gotta be on social media. I gotta engage with my audience. This is gonna garner me clients. This is how I build connections. This is how I build relationships. But man, there's some days where I'm like, this is terrible. None of this stuff really matters. I'm deleting the whole app. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's like a wavering, you know, spectrum. Um, you mentioned in your pre-podcast, you know, questionnaire that music is your therapist. Can you talk to me a little bit uh, about that? Uh, my love of music. <laughs> um, music is my therapist because music hits every possible range of emotion you know, there are just frequencies and vibrations that like there can be times where I'm feeling really frustrated and I may not know why, you know, like I can't pinpoint the thing, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to this artist and I'm just going to listen to them and to go through that process with that emotion and that frequency and then be like, okay. I'm good. I'm no longer on this frequency. So now I can like hop back into something else, mm -hmm. you know, whether I'm listening to like maybe like rock and metal bands, like mm -hmm. in this moment, Papa Roach or Disturbed. And then the next minute I'm like going through my uh, Thai drama, you know, playlist that from songs that I've heard from there. I'm like, Oh, I like you. I'm like, I'm going to dive into you. Or, you know, maybe I'm feeling uh more like R&B, you know, like older R&B and stuff like that. So I'm like, you know what, let's do like some Casey and Jojo or something like that, or like Aaliyah or something. So it just kind of, my tastes go all over the place mm -hmm. sometimes. And whether I understand if the lyrics, if they happen to be in a different language or not, it still speaks to me. Mm -hmm. I'm still able to connect with it you know, I think on a soul level, because it just, it transcends, you know, words, you don't necessarily need words to communicate, right. it can be helpful, but sometimes you can kind of make those connections via, you know, music, and it's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's what I needed. Mm -hmm. I needed, I needed that song to just, okay, now I'm good, I feel better. I've worked out whatever it is that needed to be worked out that frequency is good you know um and then sometimes it's like sharing songs with like friends and be like oh my gosh I heard this song and it like made me think of you and stuff like that or mm -hmm. you know so that's you know music as as my therapist is I'm like I I will say it's probably one of the most easiest forms mm -hmm. <laughs> and probably to access um, because you can do it through Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, whatever, and stuff like that. Um, 
but it makes me think of in terms of like connection and stuff like that of before you know making a playlist and giving it to someone mm-hmm. you know and now it's like and like via like cassette and stuff like that or like burning it onto a disc and be like you know that whole giving of something yeah adds something very extra special and stuff like that whereas now it's like you can share music in so many different ways but I don't know if it still has that same feeling of like oh my gosh that was like really sweet gesture Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um in in that sharing and stuff like that agreed it does feel a little different I was that person who had the dual tape cassette recorder and would make mixtapes for like birthday presents for my friends or like to give to like boyfriends girlfriends whatever as like gifts and then I would burn CDs and I was like the master of like the mixtape the mix CD that was like my thing because I too love music I think that and I would I never thought about it as therapeutic and it and it really is you know whether my mood is you know, a high mood, a low mood, or somewhere in between. If I know that I need to power through something or I need to be hyper-focused, I'm going to put on a certain type of music. If I need to relax, I'm going to put on a certain type of music. If I find myself in a state of anger or rage, I'm going to put on a certain type of music. And there's, it's either the soundtrack to my experience that I'm having right now, or it's the guiding light to get me to, like you mentioned, that frequency that I really desire. You know, if I'm in a frequency Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I can listen to music and I know that it's going to shift, you know, my vibration and I'm going to be in this other frequency and it can be a a vehicle for that. You know, one of my favorite quotes from Fela Kuti is, you know, music is a weapon also. And so I think music can be used for, for protest and for resistance, you know, as well, especially when we think of music that has lyrics, music that's lyric less, that's just like percussions. Like we know we hear percussions, it does something inside of you. Or, you know, when you hear strings, it does something. When you hear a guitar, when you hear beautiful vocals, it's like, we can feel it, you know? I remember seeing years ago, it was like, probably it wasn't on YouTube because it was before YouTube, but it was this, this film of like grains of sand on, you know, a solid platform and they, the scientists or the whatever researchers played certain types of music and the sand would move in different like uh, symbols or patterns mm-hmm. based on the music that was being played. And I was like, whoa, it was just like mind blown at that moment. Like, okay, so I am <laughs> feeling, there is something happening inside of me when I hear music. It's not just like, oh, I like that jazzy tune. It's more like, oh no, something's happening here. So I want to know from you what is your favorite form of creative expression? I know we both have a love for music. I um, was looking at your Instagram and I noticed what appears to be some writing. So can you talk a little bit about what your favorite form of creative expression is? Um, poem writing is my favorite form of expression. Um, it's one of, one of the things I do. It's, but I always what I love and appreciate about it is that I can do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. The only times that I get frustrated is when I'm somewhere and I'm thinking about it. And then I go, okay, I hope I remember this thing that I just created in my head yeah. and I could go and write it down. Right. Right. <laughs> Cause I'm like, that, that is, that is a great poem. And then I'll be like, Oh man, <laughs> I lost it, but that was great. Whatever I came up with, that was great. <laughs> um, but I, I will write on my phone. I will write on the computer. I will still handwrite a notebook because there's just something about transcribing just, you know, just pen and paper that sometimes things flow a lot easier than typing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some things where I've like, I've gone back to you and, or I've just taken like a little bit of notes and I'm like, okay, I'm like rereading and I'm going, hold on, add this, change that. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that poetry has just sort of been always there Mm -hmm. in a way. And I have found inspiration in, you know, through life experiences, you know, I have a poem that I wrote called I Have Path 
passive aggressive feelings mm. <laughs> okay. as I was trying to figure out what is this feeling that I was having? Like, why is this bothering me? What is this? And I'm like, ah, light bulb moment, passive aggressive feelings. I have path. That's what that is. Mm. Write down this entire poem to, you know, go through what it go through those emotions and stuff like that and what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are times where I listen to songs and I think one of the most recent ones I listened to was called Tunnel. And it's a maybe a two minute instrumental piece by this Korean artist. And I just it just something about it just hooked me. And I listened to it on repeat and wrote this entire poem called Us, mm. just describing just this experience of just connecting you know, in different ways, different ways with another person, you know, in this, in this particular setting of just like, Ooh, like, you know, it's like, okay, street lights from outside and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, like our hands meet and they're exploring, but then like, as, but we're also just connecting to this record that's playing in the background and stuff like that. So it's just, I'm like, I'm like those moments where I'm just like, Wow, I wrote that. <laughs> I was gonna say you, you. I mean, you touched on it so, so like precisely when you said there's something different about putting pen to paper versus typing or even like thumbing it out, as I call it, when you're on your phone typing. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's just like a visceral, you know, connection because it's coming from your body, touching, manipulating the pen on the paper, and it's like. It's a whole like experience that happens. Mm-hmm. And then when you're free writing and you're not editing as you go, you know, listening to mm-hmm. music or even if you're writing in silence and you go back and read, I've done that sometimes or I go back and read. I don't, I've never considered myself a poet. I definitely am a writer. I remember mm-hmm. writing poetry as young as, you know, 10 years old. And at the time it was more like I was writing raps, you know what I mean? I wasn't, I wasn't like writing them to perform them or to say them like at school or something. So everything was very like rhythmic and rhymey, you know, but then as I got older, there's sometimes, you know, when I would journal, I'm not writing like a story or writing a, a recap of a day or an experience. It was coming out very poetically and very lyrically. And I'd go back and read it and say, oh, this is good. Like I should like, post this on Instagram or I should like put it in a book or I should read it out loud. And then my partner is a poet. She's a slam poet. So like her genre is more competitive and, you know, uh, her voice is coming from a very robust, you know, place. And so and her pieces are performance pieces as well. And so Mm -hmm. what I love about the realm of poetry as creative expression is that it's so flexible and it's so vast and when you as the writer goes back and reviews what you've written and it still impacts you that's how you know it's like that good shit so i noticed the way that we connected for those who don't know was through instagram and (laughs) there was a post you know that went up a couple of weeks ago about uh, one of the episodes of my podcast that you had listened to about healing relationships with a good friend of mine chioma joy and then you wrote a piece after listening mm-hmm. to that, would you yeah. be willing and open to share a little bit about how you found me, how you found the podcast? And then if you're if you're down for it, I would love for you to share the piece. Um, I came across your podcast from a friend um, who shared an episode with Allison. Um, and we had been talking about meditation and things like that. And she's like, oh, here's this podcast episode with Allison on it. And I listened to it and I was like, oh, that's really awesome. And I scrolled through. That's what I love about podcasts, especially podcasts that have been around for a while. I can pick and choose and jump around. I don't have to listen to everything in order. I can just kind of go, right. oh, you, that, that's an interesting topic. Yeah. And um, when I came across the healing relationships one, I think I have listened to that episode probably four times now and listening to it. And it made me think of what is love in our relationship to the senses, you know, touch, sound, smell, you know, all, all the senses and, you know, what would that be like? So I started 
I just kind of just created a list and I'm like, all right, so love, neat relationship. This is what this looks like. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I kind of just set it to the side. Um, and just always, and then, but I think at the back of my mind was pondering, how can I expand on that into a poem? Because this is actually a really interesting concept to share, you know, the other, you know, this year I started the poem account, um, to share my writings because there are some, some things that I write where I'm just like, "Mm, I don't necessarily need to share that with everybody. And then there are things where I'm just like, Oh, this is, you know, really cool. This is really interesting. And, you know, maybe someone will gain a different perspective after having read it or, you know, that they didn't have before. Mm -hmm. Um, And making that connection that way, whether, you know, if they share it or whatever, does it, I mean, so be it. Um, But it's that whole, just like, it's like, here's love. And then it's like, well, some people say it's like, well, it doesn't really exist. And it's like, okay. And then there are those like, no, no, it exists. And then it's like, but what is that if we thought about it and how we relate that to our senses? Like, what would that be for us? It's definitely not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. So that's, that's how that all came to be. Okay. Um, but uh, the poem was is called Senses of Love. And it goes as follows. Okay. One day I will embark on a journey. This will be a journey with my mate, my life partner, a journey uniquely ours. I imagine it'll taste like tiramisu, moments of sweetness with some hints of bitter. It's touch warm and inviting, cozy and comforting, similar to a warm sweatshirt or blanket out of the dryer. It sounds like breathing, breath that no longer that's no longer being held, inhaling and exhaling with ease. I imagine it'll smell like hot chocolate, warm and sweet, bringing a smile with every memory. It'll look effortless, the way we flow together. We know the work needed to create this, time and patience, a willingness to be vulnerable with each other. These are only some of the ingredients needed. In essence, it'll be a piece of home. Together or apart, it is with me. I imagine this is what it might be like, a love journey that connects with the senses. Time for a break. Time for a breather. One thing that we often forget to do as we move throughout our lives, throughout our day, is to breathe. So I invite you right now to allow three deep, intentional breaths to enter and exit your body. And by the time you're done, we will be ready to continue. Thank you so much for listening. to give that little poetry snap snap, that's really dope that's really dope it and you know it's because the the experience of love or being in love is such a full-bodied experience that oftentimes we think of it as just an emotional experience when in truth there is a physical experience that happens and I think you the presentation of it through your writing is it's so it's simple and it's also relatable. It's like the cozy blanket. It's like, Ooh, we all know what that feels like to be wrapped up in your favorite cozy blanket. And you know, the taste of maybe your favorite dessert. It's like, we know what it feels like when that, you know, touches your palate and you're like, Ooh, yeah, you can feel it going all the way down, you know? And you <laughs> yeah. know, cause a lot of times when people write about love, And no shade, but a lot of times when people write about love, the only physical experience of love that we hear about is the sexual experience. We don't hear about Mm -hmm. all the other sensible, you know, sense-filled experiences that happen. And when I think about, you know, when I know that my partner comes in the door, whether we've had a great day together or a not so great day together, I know I can feel something in my body when she's in the same room or when she's in the same space and I can also feel something different 
when she exits the space. So there's so much of a physical connection that we build with people and, and not even just in romantic love with family. You know, we know that feeling of being like in our mother's home. We know what it smells like, you know, without even being mm-hmm. there. We're like, mm, yep, that's my mom's house. You know what I mean? Or that's my grandma's, <laughs> my grandma's house or, you know, what, whatever. So yeah, yeah, no, that was such a beautiful piece. And, you know, I, as I was reading through more of what you shared before the podcast, you know, what the reason that I like to do a little bit of a questionnaire is because it gives me a chance to really get to know the person I'm going to be talking to, especially because we, you know, we only spend a short time together. And I yeah. noticed that you shared so much about your your journey back to yourself, you know, from your childhood to early adulthood, and then now finding yourself in this space where you've been able to feel more connected to both your masculine and feminine energy representations, as opposed to like just the polarized relationship with one or the other and finding the balance Mm -hmm. between the two. And I also noticed that you shared a little bit about reconnecting with your, with your sexual side and your sensual side. And I read that and was like, so it's not just me who's experiencing these things because I had a similar, you know, I had a similar upbringing, you know, um, I'm the oldest of five kids and, you know, my dad and my mom have been together since they were 15 years old and my dad, you know, I think really wanted a boy. He got a son after four girls. He finally had a son, but I was like the son, you know, like I learned how to, you know, fix things and do what, uh, play with, you know, quote unquote, non-girl toys or, you know, was mm-hmm. encouraged to play outside. My first bike was a BMX bike, not a cute girly bike with the little banana seat and the strings. I had a BMX bike was my first bike. And I got like skateboards and roller skates and, you know, basketballs and soccer, like all this quote unquote boy stuff growing up. And so I, I've always been, I think, super attuned and in tuned with my masculine energy, even though my aesthetic presentation would be considered more feminine. But that was something that kind of happened over time. I didn't wear makeup in high school. You know, I hated combing my hair and brushing my hair. I never wore like what would be considered like revealing or alluring or like sexy clothing. I didn't even like to wear, I hated wearing dresses. I was always shorts, jeans, t-shirt. And it wasn't until I got to a later stage in my life, like mid thirties, early forties, that I even explored what my feminine representation and expression looks like for me. Not necessarily mm-hmm. what the societal expectation of what feminine is supposed to be, but what it looked like for me, you know? And so yeah. getting to that place where we can create that balance between the two, it's a really powerful feeling to say, okay, so now I have both. Because sometimes it feels a little lopsided when it's just like one versus the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, how it feels for you to kind of have that that balance in your life right now? It has been interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, in I will say in the sense of recognizing and being aware that I was much more masculine energy for like a long time in, you know, taking on in that sense, I think of I have to take care of this. It's my job to take care of this. Um, and then eventually realizing it's like, no, that's not my job. That's that other person's responsibility to take care of their thing. But because for me, it was the, when I had roommates and stuff, I thought I was like, oh, I need to take care of the home and make sure everybody's taken care of and not realizing it was at the expense of myself, Mm -hmm. you know, putting me on like the back burner. And then eventually once that experience, you know, ran it, ran its course. And then the reconnecting of myself of going, okay, so I get to do all of these things that I stopped doing. Ooh, okay. <laughs> just go enjoy, just go enjoy the experience. And then it's the, okay, that's kind of run its course. Now let's find balance and what this looks like and um you know how does how does that look like and I was 
came across a photo of myself recently from, I'll say probably in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. And I, re- and I looked at it and I go, where did she go? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you've seen a picture of yourself and you know, that person's you, but that person that was you at that time, there was a part that's there that, you know, went into hiding, went away, whatever it was. And I'm like, well, where did you go? Right. <laughs> you know, I know that and <laughs> how do I, and I don't think it's so much about me getting back to her in that part mm-hmm. because I've evolved mm-hmm. and I've, you know, shed so many different layers, grown into new skins. Um, but it's the re like, it's the reconnection of self in a different way. So it's the going, it's like, well, I see you, mm-hmm. but now you're no longer that individual. You're no longer that person because you're in a different place in a different state through all the different lessons and the journeys and things like that. What does that look like now? Right. And how do I get to explore that and rediscover, you know, pretty much to me, it's like rediscovering the desirability that I have for myself. Mm. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. it's, you know, there's, there's, there's the connection and relationship that I have with myself, which is really, really good. But then there's this part of myself that at some point I disconnected from, and then it's like, wait, but you're important and you're valuable and having it reintroduced with extra information. And I was going, okay, I've got some healing work to do with this (laughs) because of X, Y, Z. And then it's like, okay, still working through that. It's not as strong, but now it's like, okay, well now I get to figure out what is, what do I find desirable about myself? You know, how to, what does that look like? Is it the playfulness? Is it, um, is it the quietness? Is it a combination of all of that? Um, so that's, I will say that's kind of where I'm at in that space mm-hmm. as I look at the photo and I just kind of go, well, what do I find desirable about myself now? I'm like, now I have to like kind of think about this and see, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have I have a picture of myself that I used to keep in my bedroom and now I have it in my refrigerator. And I was, it was on my 22nd birthday and I was in the like North Carolina beach area in, at Bald Head Island. And a photo was taken of me and I was standing with my feet, maybe like ankle deep in the water. And I had like these cute little jeans and I had rolled them up because I wasn't planning on touching the water, but I was like, I have to touch this water. And I can just see my whole just head to toe, full body picture, not a care in the world, you know? And I can see the the purity of the smile. And I, I've studied that because I've looked at it every day for so long. And then yesterday I had a photo shoot and the photographer before we got started said, tell me what you like most about yourself. And I was like, I'm going to need a minute. You know what I mean? And I was like, Dang, yeah. if that, if that, you know, 22 year old Keyshawn had shown up, I would have probably given you a laundry list of the things that I liked about myself. <laughs> Cause I, I have to like sift through all the things that I don't like about myself and then find the thing that I do like. And then, the next question she asked was, if you could change anything about yourself, what would it be? And I'm like, girl, I got a list. Where, where you want me to begin? You want me to start with my, <laughs> my shoulders, my elbows, my back, my belly? Like, which which part? You know what I mean? But it was it was a moment where I had to really sit with that and say, you know what? The part of me that's in that photo that is that's still me you know it's not like it expired or it died away it's like that's still who i am which means that same you know confidence and that same carefree you know you know adventurous self still exists there and sometimes i think you just have to like go and kind of find it you know peel back the layers or get quiet get still and really say like okay where am i self so we can reconnect mm-hmm. you know because i think that 
it's one thing to connect with things outside of ourselves, but when it comes to like going inward, it's like, okay, so what am I going to find here? <laughs> what healing needs to be done? How much time do I have? Because I don't know how deep I can go right now. I got work to do, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I want to switch gears with you just a little bit. And uh, we have like a little quick, you know, Q and A for this last segment of the podcast. One of the questions that I ask beforehand is if you woke up tomorrow morning with 100 million dollars in your bank account <laughs> what is the first thing that you would do i'm like after i made sure that it's it's good and legit and you know taxes are all saying like all the le- i would like start dancing and singing i got a hundred million dollars I got a hundred million dollars. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then start and then start the planning. I'm like, okay, how do I not blow through all of this really quickly on stupid stuff? <laughs> just because I have the funds. Just because I have it. You know, it's like, yeah, I, I love asking that question and everybody's answer is a little bit different. Um, what I find to be really universal is everybody's like, let me make sure it's legit. Because we live in a time where we've gotten emails from Nigerian princes. We've gotten all kind of, you may have already won. So we're like, hold on now. We're a little skeptical, you know, with, it's like, let me, if I, if that shows up tomorrow, okay, tomorrow, Saturday, let me make sure it's still there Monday. Then I'll officially get excited. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. So. The next thing we're going to do is uh, complete the sentence. So I'm going to give you some sentence prompts. You complete them, take up as much or as little space as you'd like. The first Mm -hmm. is, I am happiest when. Mm. Standing in the rain. Mm. I know I'm fed up when. Ooh. Uh, think about that one. <laughs> I know I'm fed up when I've. I know I'm fed up when someone just or anyone just keeps repeating the same cycle, and there's there's only so much broken record that can be done until you're like, I just I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna ride this merry go round with you anymore. I'd like to exit, please. Yeah. <laughs> I. I. I fully accept that that is where you were at. That is okay. You do you, but I'm gonna be on this. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. How about? I know I've made an impact when. When I'm told, (laughs) honestly, Um, I was, I've had this conversation with a couple people, random people, and I am aware that as a massage therapist, there are a lot of us out there lots of different skills, things like that. Um, And I know for myself, I may not be the right person for you, but in the time that I have you in the session that I'm with you, my goal is to make you not feel worse than when you walked into the room with me. And, and if I did that, I'm good. And if you decide to come back and see me again, to me, that's just extra bonus. You know, that that just means you we connected in a way that you like the thing that I did. So honestly, it's really just like if you tell me that's how I really know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I hear you. It's it's sometimes hearing it just affirms what your what your hope or your intention was. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm still doing good. Okay, good. Last one is spirituality is. Can you repeat that? You cut out a little oh, bit. Oh, yes, absolutely. The last one is spirituality is. Spirituality is. A t- 
tastes like no other. I will say that. It's not one thing. It is, it is a lot of many, many things. And that, I will say, I think it, going back to the senses, like it feels and it tastes and it smells and it's just all these different things, you know, for us as individuals, you know, it's a very, it's a very important journey, but it's also very individualistic, even though we do come together as a collective and as a community in different ways, but it's very personal, you know, and it, that journey goes in so many different ways. And it's just, you know, I was like, I don't know, taste was the thing that just like came to mind. I was like, it just tastes really differently. And just the different tastes, like they hit your taste bud and it feels a different way. And it brings in something different each time. And it's just like, ah, even if it's something bitter, you're just like, ugh. but I was like, okay, I needed to go through that. I needed to work through that. That was a little tough. Okay. Oh, okay. That's, that's much better. That's more palatable. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So last thing before we go, we're going to get into a time machine for a second. So take a breath and get into your time machine. And we're going to travel all the way back to your 16 year old self. When you step Ooh. outside the time machine, you see this 16 year old you standing in front of you. What is the first thing that you say? Let go and breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're going to get back into your time machine and we're going to go all the way forward. We don't know how far forward, but we're going to go all the way to the end. What do you want to be remembered for? My willingness to experience things. Mm. Yeah, that's good stuff. So we get back in our time machine and we come back to the present moment. And the last thing I like to offer to every one of my guests is a quick pull from one of my favorite Oracle decks. There's exactly 52 cards in this deck. So all I need from you is to pick a number between 1 and 52. 11. 11. Yay. So this is a really fun deck. It's super lighthearted. The message for number 11 is bring it, bring it. And so the message that comes with this says, wow, you are brave and fearless these days. Even if it doesn't feel that way, you are being called to take off your armor and leap. Today is the day to call fear out as the wimpy imposter that it is. It's time to go for it. I like it. <laughs> I was thinking about the uh, your experience with the photo shoot and how uh, one of the questions was um, that you were at, that you had been asked was like, what would you want to let go of? And I was thinking about it. Um, the remainders of the scarcity mindset. Yes. It's like, I've worked through a lot of things. So it's like, but there's still those lingering parts of that. I was like, that still takes time to get through them. But I was like, that would be the thing that I would, I would let go of. So that go to like, let go of fear. And I'm like, <laughs> there it is just for you there it is. <laughs> just for you well this has been such a pleasure I mean I absolutely love when I get to connect with people that I haven't had the privilege of of knowing or meeting in in real life so to speak and when I saw your post a couple weeks ago it always touches me when someone that I don't know like I love my friends I love my family I love my people but it's great when someone outside of that really is impacted by the podcast because this is such a passion project for me this is something that mm -hmm. I started you know in the front seat of my car in 2018 and I've just continued 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 and I love being able to connect with new people and just hear like a little slice of their story and sharing your poem with us today was fantastic so I just want to say thank you thank you thank you so much just keep doing what you're doing you have a beautiful voice you have a beautiful 
story and i think the more that we share our stories with each other that at least we can use social media for something good (laughs) (laughs) it's not all bad it's just it's not all bad you gotta find that balance you gotta find that balance (laughs) but thank you thank you for having me it was a pleasure absolutely absolutely well i appreciate you enjoy the rest of your day and we'll be in touch soon you too have a good day thank you peace It's time to wrap this up and I just want to say very sincerely thank you. You have your choice of thousands of different podcasts that you could be listening to each day and I appreciate you for choosing this to be one of them. Right now in this moment I see the light, I see the love, the wisdom, the beauty, the prosperity, the creativity and the pure joy that shines within each of you and I bow humbly before your divinity. Namaste.